Once I rose above the noise and confusion Just to get a glimpse beyond this illusion I was soaring ever higher But I flew too high Though my eyes can see I still was a blind man Though my mind can think I still Is the brand new Lantern Cast presents Green Lantern Pre-Birth Episode One. Dun dun dun. And the first time you and I are ever recording one on one, one on one, I believe. <laughs> really? I think so. <laughs> I doubt it. Unless we, um, unless maybe we did a skit or something for one of the one of the shows. I kind of think it might. I'm trying to think when we would have recorded just the two of us. I don't know. I feel like... I know. I feel the same way. I feel like we should have, and and, and it's hard to believe that we didn't, but I'm going back to whenever I, whenever I guessed it on the show, I don't think it was ever just... Unless... Uh, no, maybe, maybe. Maybe there was one episode that I guessed it on that Dan wasn't on, unless we had somebody else on with us. Maybe that could have been it. Yeah, like maybe uh, like a merchandise kind of thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, it could have been one of those or something, because I thought there was one episode Dan wasn't on anyway. that we did. But yes, so this is our brand new, brand new spinoff, and in general, I guess everything, everything pre, as the title might indicate, everything related to Green Lantern before Rebirth is technically on the table for this uh, podcast. So if if you guys have any recommendations, that especially if it's something we haven't covered on the main Lantern Cast show. And we could let you know, obviously, if you request it, if, if we have any kind of plans, short-term or long-term, to do it. But if not, if you're not sure, just send us, just email us or phone us, give us, leave us a voicemail to give your suggestions. But what we're going to, what Jim and I are going to focus in on, starting with anyway, is we're going to revisit the days of yesteryear over, what's almost 16 years ago, to revisit the the tenure of Hal Jordan as the Spectre. And we're going to begin with, of course, how Hal Jordan became the Spectre. So we're going, so we're going to be revisiting the, oh, the super exciting Day of Judgment miniseries, which was, what, five issues that all came out in November of 99. <laughs> also known as Brain Novocaine. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Hal on Earth, as it was, as the rumors were at the time in the DC offices. When this story was being worked on, that you know, you you mentioned that, and you 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 read that in uh, Wizard. Wizard magazine. Yep, I did. And I was thinking about it today, and I'm like, you know something? I am pretty sure that I probably read that article too. Yeah, back. Yeah, you think about it, even though it seems so far in now, you go back that that was long before everything in the world that we needed to know. We could find out like in one day on the internet. <laughs> When yeah. when Wizard actually saw, I mean when Wizard actually had a lot of information that we didn't know otherwise, and I remember yeah. I remember reading about this miniseries that so that was about how the you know the rumors were that you know at the end of the day that you know Hal Jordan was going to be the new 
the new host of the Spectre. And so I was at the time, and I was pretty excited at the time about that. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. I, it was, uh, it, it was, you know, like if you were a fan of Kyle, I think a lot of fans of Kyle didn't dislike Hal. You know, like, and to see Hal have a role in the DC universe was always cool. It's like, you know, okay, well, you kind of like that legacy aspect, so why would you take Hal completely off the table? Uh, so, yeah, so any chance that they got to to use him more, that uh, I, I was always I was always into. And, and as we know now, considering, considering who the writer was for this miniseries... <laughs> It kind of made sense in a way that Hal Jordan was being positioned to come back onto the playing field since our old friend Jeff Johns is actually the writer of this five-issue miniseries. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was – this was five years before Rebirth. Yes. Uh, I, I wonder, like, how much of a plan he had. That would be interesting. That would be actually very interesting to know if in his mind, even when he was – Either not just pitching Day of Judgment, but once they knew they were going to do this and they were and how it was going to become the Spectre, if in if in his mind's eye he actually knew, given the opportunity, if he had the clout or he, or they needed or they wanted him to do it, whether he already knew in his mind's eye how much of it anyway he knew to go from point A to point B to bring Hal back as a Green Lantern, and whether that was something that was in the back of his mind or even in the front of his mind when he was bringing Hal back on stage as as the Spectre. I mean, like, I I could look at it like the idea that he may have said to them, like, look, I have an I have a plan to bring back Hal Jordan. I know we don't want to do it right now because you just killed him off, but this you'll still be able to use him even though he is dead. But you'll also give him a chance to kind of like get redeemed a little bit as the Spectre. Like I like I would envision that to be what he you know was going about saying to them. Uh, well, that's what I like to imagine anyway. But like, <laughs> makes sense. Could, I mean, it could very well be also that DC decided you know okay well you know we want to put we you know they they just decided that they wanted Hal back on the field somehow, and you know they they had the Spectre character so they just said make it happen. And maybe that was what inspired Jeff Johns. We don't know. But, it, you know, it is fun to speculate on that one. And if we ever get to interview him one day, we'll ask him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a definite question. Like, you, you have to, you know, because after, after this, this uh, five-issue series, you, you just have to know. So well, we're only we're only going to actually tackle the first two issues. Yes, this is going to be the first two issues in episode one, and then we're going to wrap it wrap up the the introduction of Hal as the Spectre in episode two. And I guess theoretically, the plan is to go with relatively in chronological order, uh, at least early on. So I know we have we're going to be dealing with his initial appearances after this miniseries, like in the Justice League and Green Lantern. And, of course, we're going to be heading into the, which I thought was a really good storyline, the Legends of the DC Universe, the Destroyer of Worlds four-issue story arc, which basically was the set up the status quo of what was going to be going on in Hal's 
uh, series once they relaunched the Spectre's new volume with Hal as the host. But I was pretty coming out of this miniseries, though. I know I was pretty excited as, to see Hal as the Spectre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, um, before the series, I was excited to see. <laughs> yes, that's true too. But I mean, when the, having see once it all plays out the way it does, especially in the I think the I think the last chapter of the story is really really solid, and I think there's a lot of elements that are introduced. You know, even whether it's narrow. And Neron saying it, or whether it's you know, as Modell saying it, or just you know, a lot of different characters say a lot of things that are really relevant to not just really what Hal's dealing with on his own, but also the things we're going to see Hal deal with as the Spectre going forward. So I think there's a lot of foreshadowing in there too. Yeah, yeah, especially again knowing that it's Jeff Johns doing the uh, the writing. Okay, so uh, I'll uh, I'll tackle this first issue. Uh, we, go, go get him, Jim. <laughs> we open in hell. You have the um, the angel as Modell. Yes. Okay, so he's uh, chained up, being tortured by Neron, the the Lord of Hell, and uh, I guess like that's his punishment for trying to take over heaven. Yes. Uh, when did that happen? I actually don't remember. I don't remember it happened, but when it happened. But I think didn't they reference something somewhere in one of these uh, issues? They reference when the Justice League first dealt with Asmodel. So that must have been like the beginning, the beginning of. Uh, oh right, right. Yeah, the, the Grand uh, Morrison title, whatever. I don't know if he was writing the book at the time when that first launched. Yeah, they had the specific numbers that they mentioned. I believe were number one and number thirty. Yes. So. Um, yeah, okay, so this probably ju- had just happened in uh, Justice League. Uh, and this is now, this is a couple of years after the um, the thing where Neron went around offering all these other um, villains and heroes extra powers. Underworld Unleashed. That's it. So, yeah, so Neron's, he's been around, he's been established for a while. He's torturing Asmodel. And, uh, you know, it's like the problem is, you know, you tried to take on God, basically, and you listened to the Prince of Lies to do it. So, you know, now you're going to be punished. And, uh, you know, he's just like, you know, fine, you know, I'll I'll just take my punishment, but I'm not going to, you know, cry out in pain or whatever. Uh, Then along comes the demon Etragon, and he figures out a way to merge Asmodel with the Spectre using one of Asmodel's wings. Yes, the feathers from his angel wings. Right, because the ashes of the wings can bond an angel to anything. So, yeah, he had a, he calls upon the Spectre, and the Spectre appears in Hell, uh, Etragon binds the two of them together and uh, you know like he's amazed at the power and as soon as that happens like stuff starts to kind of go haywire on earth a little bit um, you know you, you have uh, Zaytana noticing you have uh, the Enchantress awakening out of her I guess subconscious you know, from the host or whatever. 
Um, Asmodel Spectre then goes and confronts Neron and freezes him and then takes all the hellfire in hell, which I guess binds the demons to hell, and it's created from the original sinners that died and went to hell. And he takes that fire and he opens up a portal to earth uh, out of hell, taking the fire with him so that hell itself freezes over. <laughs> which, which was a nice touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, then we get uh, an introduction to Kyle Rayner, who is, he notices the Enchantress like flying out of this insane asylum. And then the demons start flying out of the ground, as, and then uh, the, the specter as Modell. Uh, you have mystical, you know, characters throughout the DC universe noticing this. Doctor Occult, Boston Brand, Dead Man. Uh, you got, uh, let's see, you can, they, they're showing like the regular DC Justice League noticing this stuff and. Like Jeff John, uh, Jeff Johns, <laughs> John Johns is uh, Martian Manhunter is kind of coordinating everybody to attack, basically because he's trying to delay it as much as possible because like there's hellfire involved and you know he's got his fire phobia and uh, what's a firestorm getting involved and damage the and Justice Society. What's that? Damage. Oh, yeah, damage. A, a, a bunch of characters that really don't have a place anymore in the New 52 too much. Yeah, like, they're just they're introducing tons of characters. Star and Stripe. Uh, you got the... Um, what's the, the Marvel kid? Star Spangled Kid. Is that who that was? I thought it was, uh, like... The oh, kid oh he's talking. He is talking. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they actually say who he is. Mar- I guess, is it Marvel Boy? Uh, yeah, sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> you got Superman. Uh, and then, like, they show, like, the one, one really interesting page, they show, uh, I guess, over in Purgatory, there's just some, like, lost souls that are kind of, like, paying attention to what's going on uh, outside of Purgatory. Uh, you see some shadows. You don't know exactly who it is, but you realize in the next issue. And there are some hints, actually, in this issue. Like, if you go back to especially the Kyle... And what the Enchantress conversation? There are there are hints. There are a lot of there are a lot of uh, Hal and Parallax uh, references or di- pieces of dialogue referring to those character to that character one or the one in the same, if you will, or throughout the uh, first few issues of the storyline. Uh, you have uh, the that's the quintessence, right? Correct. Okay, so you have the quintessence. Well, you have. You have a couple of the quintessence. You have Ganthet, you have uh, Highfather, and the uh, Wizard Shazam. Yes. Uh, you're missing the Phantom Stranger, and who was the fifth one? Zeus. Oh, and Zeus is, yeah, Zeus is off recovering after uh, some sort of war. mythical war. Uh, so... Yeah, so originally, like, they're kind of debating on whether or not they should get involved, and the Wizard Shazam's like, well, I gotta go take care of my family, and before he can, like, head off to go help them, 
<laughs> the specter is just like, I see you. <laughs> Stay put. And he locks them in their, their, you know, ether dimension or whatever. So they're basically off the playing field. Um, they're, Zaytana, she, uh, what do you call it? Um, recruits Faust. Yep. Who is the son of Felix Faust. Yes. Uh, and he's actually good though. Phantom Strangers there. He's getting involved. Uh, that's when, um, was uh, the Spectre starts like just going full on trying to take out the superheroes. Uh, he ends up turning Superman into salt. Uh, he's like, he, he casts like a whole, he like chains around a uh, firestorm. Uh, he turns Kyle Rayner into a tree. <laughs> stuff like that. Fun stuff like that. Uh, meanwhile, like the, the rest of the Justice League are like trying to, they're fighting demons uh, that are coming out of a hell, hell they're all escaping. Uh, you have Katana with her soul sword, trapping demons in her sword. That's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, uh, eventually the 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 superheroes are kind of like you know powerless to stop Spectre, and that's when the Sentinels of Magic show up. So what you think, Jim? <laughs> Oh, Madame, Madame Xanadu is involved in that, too. And yeah. actually, so is Ragman and Raven. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> those are those are the characters that show up at the end of this issue that really are not introduced until or discussed until yeah. next issue. Because I was looking at this even last night when I was rereading. It's like, I knew I knew it was Ragman, but I was like, who the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, the first issue sucked. Uh, like, this... It's it's kind of it's interesting because like with these books where they end up like journeying into hell, I usually like completely zone out. You know when when they do stuff like that, like I like my DC universe. I like what what goes on in there. Like I'm not. I don't think that when the DC superheroes like go down into hell, like. It never really works out that great. It's <laughs> it just like they they never pull it off well, you know, in the DC superhero side. Now, conversely, over in Vertigo, like you know, like when uh, when Morpheus goes into you know hell in like the the first uh, the first trade paperback of the the Sandman. I mean, like it's amazing. And any time that anything goes on down there, it's just like it's so well written and well thought out, and it's so clever. And in this, it's just like you know, it's very two dimensional. It's very you know, like they just keep hitting you over the head with like the demons and you know, like the devil. But you know, it's Neron right now, but. It, Depending on what they want to do, sometimes it changes. Yeah, I because I, I when I was reading this, when I was revisiting the storyline, I kind of always got the idea that Neron was essentially supposed to be Lucifer, you know, kind of like the that version or basically the ruler of hell. And then it, you kind of realize that he's just like one of many 
princes of hell, and you kind of get that. That becomes more crystal clear when you get to the end of the storyline. That yeah. he, like he he's like a almost like a you know he's like a council. It's like there's a there's like a bunch of but <laughs> a bunch of but like a gov bunch of governors, but he's not the president, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like uh, was it Blaze, uh, Satanus. Like there's there's like there's a number of like devil like characters in the DC universe, so it's just like it gets confusing and irritating. So I mean, you know, like I'm sure this would probably read a little bit better if we had read the story in which Asmodel got you know sent to hell. But by the same token, DC superheroes going to heaven also not really one of my you know. One of my all-time favorite storylines. It's like, you know, sometimes they do it really well. Like, uh, um, like when Pa Kent went and got Superman. Right. That was that was done cool. And when, oh my God, when in a um, Green Arrow, where they they went up to get uh, Ollie's soul from heaven. Which is ironic. Which is ironic since it involves this kind of like Spectre. <laughs> yeah, uh, like that. Like that. That was very well done. It was very well written. But you know, a lot of these stories, it's just like, yeah. Oh, let's go to hell. Okay, let's take an elevator. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we are. It's hell. It's it's heaven. It's hell. And it's like okay, you know, <laughs> let's go home again. Like and like like the logistics. You know, like, oh, we'll get into it when we we, uh, we get the second issue. I'll, I'll go into it at that point. But, yeah, I mean, for a first issue, this was not good. Like, there was so much just, like, pointless introduction. Like, it's not, it's not compelling. You know, you, the, the sense of danger here is just kind of, like, muted. Just because it's just so over the top, like there's just like you know, it's just this nebulous like you know threat that it's oh demons everywhere, demons. Okay, well, you know, I'm sure they'll figure it out. I'll tell you what pissed me off. <laughs> the one thing that pissed me off above all other things was the fact that Superman just got like turned to salt, and like that was it. Like you know, poof, Superman salt. That's it. Like, I mean, you that should not be on the table ever. <laughs> like, like Superman should never be able to be turned to salt. Like, I don't care if it's magic. I don't care. Like, I it just, it shouldn't happen. Like, there should be something, like, in Superman that, like, fights it. Like, maybe, like, the outer shell is, like, is salt. And then, like, after, like, an hour, like, he basically is able to will himself back to, you know, Superman again. But, like, yeah, like, just turning him to salt like that, it's just like, you know, at that point, if you could turn Superman to salt, then just fucking turn everybody to salt and just be <laughs> done with it. Well, I, I want to cr- destroy everything in God's image, you know, and then I'm going to go after him. Like, you know, just to, first I want to piss him off, and then I'm going to go after him, you know. But I'm going to do it in the most inefficient way possible. <laughs> yeah. So even though I can turn the most powerful person into salt, like, I'm going to turn him into salt. I'm going to bind this other dude in chains. I'm going to turn this other dude into a tree. And, 
then we're just going to knock down some buildings while you guys regroup and get ready to beat me. Like, come on. Just turn fucking everybody into salt and just be done with it. But at least in Superman's defense, or lack thereof, it is because of the magic, and that's part of which Superman does reference. I don't know if he referenced it in the first issue or whether it might be actually... Actually, it's in this issue that uh, the fact also, anyway, issue two, that he mentions the fact that, you know, his ability against magic kind of... We know it's not great to begin with, but the more the more he has to deal with or be under the influence, excuse me, the influence of magic that uh, it affects him more and more, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that, but but still, like, you know, he's Superman, like, you want to think that Superman can, like, rise above any challenge, even if it is magic. So if you just turn him into salt then there's, like, literally, there is no way for him to overcome that challenge. Like, they, they basically just said, like, okay, at any given point, Superman can get turned to salt by the Spectre. So, whatever you think Superman can do, it doesn't matter. Because he has the salt weakness. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's it. Like, you know, I, I see, like, oh, well, they want to show how powerful he is. By turning Superman into salt. Okay, well you also showed how freaking stupid he is. Because he has so much power that he can literally transform the most powerful person on the planet into salt. And he doesn't do that with everybody else. You know, and then just make a beeline for heaven. Hell, why doesn't he just turn God into salt? I mean, like, apparently he could just... He's got magic salt powers. Like, <laughs> like, seriously, like, how stupid is that? I understand. God. I, I The one thing that I did, like, was the fact that he turned Kyle Rayner into a tree. I, I, I dig the irony there that they turned a Green Lantern, Green Lantern into wood. Yeah, that is true. It would have been, of course, if it was Alan Scott, it would have been more appropriate. Yeah, that's true, but but still, I I mean, I'll I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give him credit for it. Yeah, it was creative. <sighs> Man, <laughs> piss me off with that salt Superman. <laughs> it was definitely not. When you look at the history of a lot, a lot of the miniseries or events that Jeff Johns has written. That, and maybe if he has kind of learned from you know this is a long this is like we said this is what's almost six, sixteen years ago now. <laughs> that maybe that I would like to think he probably has learned to begin with and gotten better as he has gone and has better planning as he's gone along. But <laughs> but giving but because usually the first issues of what he does of these miniseries tend to be pretty good. They tend to draw you in whether it's. Whether it's rebirth, whether it's blackest night, whether it's forever evil, whether it's even infinite crisis, things like that. This is not one of his best jobs. <laughs> the basically the whole I seen like like Jim mentioned the whole point of there were countless introductions and the whole point was so when you got basically when you got to that sla last splash page at the end of the first issue you would know who almost everybody was but still not everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you spent so much time introducing all these characters, and you didn't even introduce all of them. 
which is kind of funny because when you get to the like the first page of episode episode of issue two, that basically the Spectre gives you the whole recap of issue one. You really don't need to go back and if you if you missed it, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, well, they then they basically have to like give like a, a super quick rundown of like these new characters that they didn't. It's like, oh crap. We didn't explain who Madame Xanadu was, a ragman, a raven. <laughs> write, write a little blurb on the third page. <laughs> That's all they get. That's true. Zaytana's, like, getting, like, you know, picked up in the, in the magic club by, was it, the bartender? Yeah, the bartender. Uh, you got, you know, Boston Brand, you know, eating popcorn, you know, through somebody in a movie theater. Like, they all get, like, these really, you know... No, not not really good. They, they get a almost adequate intro. You get so much of this enchantress, and like I don't know about you, but like by the first issue, I was completely done with any interest in the enchantress. <laughs> oh God! Like what a what an awful character. Oh, yeah, man. she wasn't impressive. Oh, I, heard, I hear she's going to be in that Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, good luck with that, DC. Yeah. Next issue? <laughs> <laughs> All right. It, it, it's, hard, it's hard to follow that one, though. <laughs> it's hard to, but issue two, which is, <laughs> which is called The Descent, and hopefully that doesn't mean where the story is going as far as quality. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But basically, it does set, set the status quo for a lot of what happens in the rest of the issue because you basically split into three teams in this issue. One one, one essentially going up, one going down, and one staying on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> so so issue two begins exactly where we left off with the Spectre kind of giving, giving everybody an update on what's happened and, and recapping issue one completely, telling you know the Sentinels of Magic as if they didn't already know. But really telling us just the fact that, you know, as Modell has merged with the Spectre and he's brought the damnation, to, you know, to the mortal plane, he's frozen hell. It's like, and you think you can, who's going to confront me now? Like, so then we get the, re, the Sentinel oh, of Man. Wait, 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 wait. Interesting sidebar. Don't read the first issue. It goes straight to the I second I know, that's issue. what, I mean, isn't it, honestly, when you, read, when you read the Spectre's dialogue in that first page, literally, you could have skipped the first issue. And you should, because it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so we get a little sidebar with the with the full rundown of the Sentinels of Magic, and they do name Raven and Ragman this time. <laughs> we have um, uh, Madame Xanadu and, and her crystal, her crystal ball. She uses that crystal ball to basically cast a spell to a containment, a, a spell of containment to use her crystal ball as a vessel to essentially contain or take parts of the specter, part of his power, away from him, or lessen his power. And as soon as she does that, pretty much, the specter reacts in pain, so we know it's <laughs> moving in the, po in the positive direction, and also all the characters that had been incapacitated at the end of issue one are now back and functioning, so Jim can, Jim, Jim can feel better because Superman's no longer salt, though he does, <laughs> though he does admit he has, a he has a bad taste in his mouth. <laughs> He has a funny taste in his mouth. And, and, Kyle's, and Kyle's no longer got wood, so that's good. Um, so, so the Spectre, he, the Spectre hopefully, is... Hopefully that didn't last more than four hours. 
<laughs> and he wasn't in position to call a physician. <laughs> so the Spectre is still damaged from the containment spell, so Etrigan carries him away. Uh, <laughs> Calgon, take me away! Uh... Well, to recover. Um, at this point, the, you know, the heroes kind of come up with their great plan of how to approach this. That when they, they decide to basically split into three teams, with one team going up to heaven. Ideally, the plan is to find Jim Corrigan, who was the last host and the host we usually think of historically being tied to the Spectre, that they wanted to go back to, try to get to the gates of heaven, into them somehow, and try to convince Jim Corrigan to come back to fight, basically, for the control of the Spectre. You have another group with Superman and Kyle, uh, part of that group that's going to be going down to hell. And then you have, you know, Batman pretty much and some of the other sentinel, some of the other sentinels of magic staying on Earth to fight the demons and try to basically to almost fight like a, just a delay, a, a delaying action pretty much just to give these characters time to do what they, what they need to do. So at when, so the, the group that it sees, was it Superman, the Enchantress, Zatanna, Kyle, Deadman, Firestorm and Adam. Is that the whole group that goes to? Or Faust and Faust, which is actually kind of important. Oh, yeah. They're in the group that ends up going to Hell, and you have Zoriel, Supergirl, Wonder Woman, Alan Scott, and what, Mr. Miracle? Uh, yeah, and Raven. Oh, that's right, Raven. Raven goes, Raven goes to Heaven, but not for very long. <laughs> yeah. So they show up at the gates of Heaven. Uh, Raven is unable to stay there. Because of her uh, her lineage being the daughter of Trigon, so at this point we pretty much get uh, Alan Scott. You know they pretty much he sees members of the the, the Justice the, the Justice Society, right? Or yes, yeah, old, older members of the Justice Society that have already passed on uh, with Michael the Archangel. So this is when they're kind of making their basically making their pitch, if you will, to try to get into heaven to do what they need. As Meanwhile, the other group, the Superman-Kyle group, continues on their journey trying to get closer to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Go to hell! <laughs> Jason goes to hell. Um, Alan Scott, pretty now he's allowed into the gates of heaven pretty ever so briefly, or standing in the gateway. Jim Corrigan... Now it shows up because Alan Scott was kind of bitching at Michael. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I don't know. Don't talk to me like that, man. <laughs> don't take that tone with me, you young whippersnapper. <laughs> and Jim Corrigan shows up, and you know Alan try, basically gives once gives him the rundown of what's been going on. It's like we need you to come back. You're like the only one who's the only one who has the you know, has the willpower to basically control to control the Spectrum. And unfortunately, Jim Corrigan kind of get. Gives them the bad news that, you know, he's kind of passed on. He really doesn't, even if he wanted to do it, he doesn't really think he's got the will to do this anymore because he's, he's his anger is gone. He's at peace. So that pretty much ends plan A. But then they find out that even though they, they're not allowed to go into heaven to find any other souls that they m might be able to use to battle the specter, that Michael, Michael and Zoriel pretty much kind of conspire together. And they end up, Michael helps give, 
excuse me, Michael helps give them a pathway to purgatory, which they are allowed to technically, or there's a way to get into, so that they could try to find a lost soul that they might be able to battle for control of the specter. And there's an escalator down. Yes, an escalator down, but that is down. It's Superman and Kyle are going. <laughs> and the one thing we didn't mention in issue one, which is which is very which is relevant and it plays into all of this, is that in the first issue they did also mention that in order to be the host of the Spectre, that you have to be touched by God. You have to God not only has to approve it in a way, ultimately, but there has to be a touch of God in you. You have to have basically been touched by God or the hand of God in order to even have a chance to merge with the Spectre, which is why Asmodel was able to do it, even though he's he's off his rocker now. It's the fact that he was an angel, so clearly he has, there is a part of God or a touch of God in him. <laughs> Just a touch of God. Just a touch of God. <laughs> Holy Spring! <laughs> I'll take a spot of sugar and a touch of God. So Superman's group arrives at the gates of hell, which are already the doors are already busted open, and we kind of very very cute. We get you know we get the nice little saying is in Latin as we've seen before, like abandon all hope, ye who enter here, which is pretty cool. And then of course we also get who who's guarding the gates of hell, Cerberus. So that's yeah. that's a pretty that's a pretty nice touch too. Not the best looking <laughs> Cerberus though, but. Fluffy. Fluffy. It's a, yeah, he's definitely more fluffy than, than true Cerberus. <laughs> uh, so Adam Adam tries to jump into his brain. <laughs> <laughs> like, my, my size changing control's not working. <laughs> Gulp. <laughs> and <laughs> exit Ray Palmer. No. <laughs> uh, oh. uh, no, 24 hours. Yes. 20 <laughs> <laughs> then the enchant the enchantress kind of gets uh, sick of all their little pseudo heroics, and she shoots icicles <laughs> <laughs> and spears poor Cerberus all over the place. Because we still have to point out that the hell is literally freezing over, as Jim mentioned before. You know, it's just <laughs> the furnace isn't working anymore. <laughs> yeah. Spectre took it all with him, along with the demons. And of course, we find out that uh, there were there were at least three stomachs, or as Adam says, they look like stomachs anyway. As he you know he come he's able to like cut his way or pop his way out of uh, out of Cerberus. Woohoo! So we cut back to Earth, and the, the Spectre's still kind of looking a little little worse for wear, but at least he's standing upright at this point. <laughs> All uh, Batman and the Sentin- and the other Sentinels of Magic continue to fight the demons uh, that are just. Pretty much, they just keep coming one after the other, and this is when uh, Batman pretty much has a job for Shazam and Stripe and Starfire because he's going to send them on their quest to find the Spear of Destiny, which is the only thing that can hurt or kill the Spectre. <laughs> and it's in space. I know. <laughs> Not just machetes in space, the spears in space too. Oh God. Uh, so in the under back to uh, back to hell, uh, every, as it continues to snow, they come upon the legendary set city of Dis. <laughs> yo yo, uh, the ri- <laughs> the river sticks, you know the crossing the crossing the river sticks. Uh, Superman of course ends up tipping over the stupid boat. Um, 
Uh, we we go back to Purgatory where Alan Scott arrives and you know it's like it's such a <laughs> good lord so bleak so depressing Supergirl says. <laughs> so they find a whole bunch of lost souls. Uh, some of them you know Alan Scott recognizes and you know we some of them we would recognize too. Uh, Vigilante, Rick Flag, Sargon the Sorcerer. And, of course, all these heroes are pretty much just so damn desperate to get out of <laughs> a purgatory that they're all volunteering for the job. Take me! Take me! I can do it! I can do it! And Alan yeah. Scott's kind of getting freaked out by this. And it's like, wait, stop! Coming, come, you know, you're, you're not helping. And all of a sudden, somebody calls out to Alan, and he says, you know, they just haven't seen anyone in a long time, and it gets lonely in here. We know what's happened below, and we just want to help, Alan. Can't you see? That's all we've ever wanted. That's all I've ever wanted. I'd hate to disappoint you again to tarnish your legacy. Again. I know I helped when the final night fell, and that's when, of course, we would know who it is, and Wonder Woman reacts, and Alan Scott's like, it can't be. But the dialogue continues, but I've only begun to make up for what I've done. I saved the world from freezing. Please, let me save it from burning. And it ends in a splash page of Hal Jordan as Parallax, who has been saying all these things. That is the big reveal at the end of episode, I should say, issue two. Yes. <sighs> the artwork really is not spectacular in this. You know, um... But I think it does get better, though, which is ironic, because it's the same same artist, Matt Smith, but I think he he draws Hal certainly much better, I think, when, he, when we get to the, like, the final two issues. Uh, the... The art in this issue is, I would say, for the most part, serviceable. Uh, it's there were some uh, some crummy parts at the very beginning, like that first page. Yeah, the first page where you have like the Sentinels of Magic, like they're all just drawn like really weird looking. You got Dead Man looking like, like he's got like some kind of like like tubby belly. <laughs> Madam Xanadu, like, oh, it looks like a four-year-old drew it. Uh, Ragman looks weird. Yeah, but overall, the art in this issue, I would say, is not that bad. The art in the next issue, uh, we'll get to that when we <laughs> on the next episode. <laughs> but, oh my god. Uh, yeah, better, better art could definitely have helped the first, the first two issues. Now, this... And again, like everything else, some artists, we, as we as we know, just by looking at our current run on Green Lantern, some the artists sometimes, even when the overall art is so is questionable, there's some characters they draw well. I think, I think the Spectre comes out looking okay. I think for the most part he draws a decent Spectre. Uh, yeah. And Etrigan doesn't look bad either, but there's a lot of characters that you were correct that are some. Uh, I don't. I didn't like Michael either. Michael looked more like Commandy with wings. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm totally done with these characters who make it a point of saying, "I chose this form so that your minds could perceive it." Like they all do that. You know, like you remember the South Park episode where, like, they go to. Like some sort of alien civilization. I think and I know where you're going. Yeah. They ended up like choosing like a taco that poops ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> That's like you know, God or whatever this alien was, so they could perceive it. Like I mean, 
there's so many times where it's like, okay, well, you know, okay, well, you look like a man. Well, I'm not actually a man. I just chose this form so that your brain could perceive it. Like, I mean, you know, like, enough with that. Like, you know what? If you're going to take the shape of a man, then just, like, let me think that you're a man. Like, no harm, no foul. Don't ruin it for me, man! (laughs) Yeah, like, you just just rub it in my face that, like, you know, oh, my form is so advanced, it would make you go insane. Well, you know what? Fuck you. (laughs) You can't handle the truth! (laughs) I can handle it. (laughs) Jerk. Yeah. Oh, man. Um... So the first two issues did not wow you. <laughs> God no, I like the uh, the thing with Jim Corrigan. Yes, that was pretty neat. Um, what you call it? I, I thought it was a, a, a interesting uh, throwback to Dante with the the saying on the the gates of hell. Yep. Aside from that. Oh, God, when Cerberus ate the Atom. <laughs> <laughs> or, when the, or, or maybe more like Adam volunteered to be an appetizer for him. <laughs> Just jumped right into his mouth. <laughs> He'll chew on me, you guys escape. What? <laughs> and then the Enchantress just, like, kills the, the Cerberus dog. Like, that's a little messed up. <sighs> Aside from that, I mean... It was a little more straightforward than than the first issue. Yeah, there weren't as many mindless introductions in this. Or I can't say mindless because the, the whole point was just so when everybody shows up with the Sentinels of Magic introduction, you know, looking at who the hell are they? <laughs> Get a load of these effing guys! <laughs> it's like at least so that was the main point of that. But yes, this issue is this issue is a lot more. <laughs> This issue is a lot more straightforward, and at least, and it does pretty much does set, like I said, it sets the kind of, from a storytelling point of view, it kind of almost like the at the end of like a Star Wars movie where you have the characters in different, like at least two or two different groups or three different groups of characters in different places as their stories are kind of unwinding and at the same time and they keep cutting to them. That's kind of the status quo we kind of get in this like, for a while, you know, until everybody gets back, you know, to to Earth together. That you know that. You got three different battlefields, pretty much. Yes, yes. About that, that one going on on Earth. <laughs> Batman is just like, okay, we got to go get the Spear of Destiny from space. Like, what? What the hell? Like, why? What? Oh God. I mean, I'm sure that this ties into some other storyline. Where they put the spear of destiny in space, but why the frig would you have the spear of destiny in space? <laughs> yeah, I, I must have been put there for a reason, but I don't, I don't remember when. I mean, I uh, do not, I do not remember when. Can't think of any good reason for that. Uh, it's it's funny that Kyle creates like a little ship to hell. Yes. <laughs> And I like the and I like the parallax reference that was actually in issue one about something about Asmodel's controlling the Spectre like he's crazier than Parallax or something like that. So there was there was a lot of Hal Sha- Hal Jordan foreshadowing in, in issue one. 
I liked I liked the um, connections between Supergirl and Heaven because like right around that point, it was probably before that or right after that. Like they basically revealed that she was like an Earth angel. Right. Uh, I, I like what? No, I was gonna say yeah. I think you're right. All this was around that time, so that would make sense. Uh, I like the fact that even though Raven was able to take them to heaven, which, like, that was complete bullshit. But regardless of the fact, like, she's able to take them there, but, like, she, like, basically starts burning in, like, the the light of heaven. That was cool. Um, Still hate the Enchantress. (laughs) (laughs) Even though she killed Cerberus, I'm Still not a fan. Um, yeah, beyond that... <laughs> now, knowing what we know now, with Jeff Johns and Parallax, you know, the entity, reading, when you read, like, the that last bit, and just seeing Hal standing there the way that he is, like, you get that sense... That like you know just knowing what you know and then going back and looking at that and seeing that page it's like holy crap maybe maybe it all was planned and you know it was all Parallax's plan to get a hold of the Spectre because like right there like he wants it like he wants that power right there yes I mean and the way when they in Rebirth, from the way they kind of explained in a way, well, they kind of, we already knew from different things that Hal said even during Final Night that he kind of, that he, he not, that he knew he was going to die, you know, in the events of Final Night, that he knew that, you know, what the, what the result was going to be when he went to go go off, square off with the Sun Eater, which would make sense, because Parallax could hop and skip through time, so it would make sense. That, so it would make sense if, it would make sense from, from the entity's point of view that if he that if you actually knew you were going to survive that experience, that the that merging with the Spectre would be a pretty good deal for you. Now, of course, right. the problem I have a hard time believing is that why how the fear entity would really physically survive if if it if it's if it's actually alive and it's and it's attached to a live host and if, if the live host's physical body dies, the idea of it still that the that physical entity could live on just as being it's you know attached to its soul itself that's the part that was kind of always shaky to me a little um but it would make sense why but you're right in the not to ramble too much but when you're talk, but your your point is valid because i was even thinking about this i think i was talking to chad about it actually the other day it's like knowing what we know now that even if and of course it's a it's a even if it wasn't something jeff johns thought about in advance about why you know why the Spectre was taking allowed Hal to be his host? That it's a little bit easier to accept the retcon just because Jeff Johns made him the Spectre anyway. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it could have been something he definitely could have planned in the back of his mind, thinking, well, maybe I kind of if he really did have an idea of how to bring Hal back, then maybe you know he, uh, even if he never got to do it, maybe he was opening the door for this to be one of the ways. Yeah, well, what you call it? Like the thing. That, that I would imagine is that as Parallax, like, you know, he probably is aware 
at that point, like just before he, you know, sacrifices himself, that uh, the Spectre, because I, I don't know, when was Final Night? How much 96. earlier? I think it was 96. 96. This is 99. Yep. That's three years. Okay, so how long before was Jim Corrigan separated from the Spectre? I don't think it was that long before this. I don't think. So then it would have to be the the time travel that gave him a heads up. Oh yeah, he would have to know. He would have to, he, I th- <clears throat> because you because logically, if you didn't know when you think about it, if you didn't know you could that you were going to be able to physically somehow or survive whatever Hal went through in Final Night, then then what? You would pull yourself out of there before you, before Hal Jordan got killed. Well. <laughs> I mean, like, there's this two ways to look at it. One, like, you look at it that the that Parallax was time traveling, saw that there was going to be an opening with uh, the Spectre, <laughs> that Jim Corrigan's soul was going to be at peace, and that you know by sacrificing yourself, you were going to put yourself in a position to take over the Spectre, and in which case you would stay bonded. Yes. And then the other option is that perhaps Hal Jordan's willpower was so great that he was holding on to everything inside of him and just basically draining it, you know, and all of the energy that was inside him to reignite the sun. So Parallax might have tried to escape, but at that point, like, Hal was just like, sucking all of the energy out of Parallax himself to the point that Parallax just didn't have the strength to leave. And then then, then, uh, Hal dies so that part of Parallax is still attached to Hal's physical body and the rest of Parallax, like the, you know, I guess the, uh, the sentient part of Parallax is still bonded to his soul, which is in, and now it's in purgatory. So it's not in hell. It's not in heaven. It hasn't been judged yet. So it's still in the waiting period. Whereas if he was in heaven or hell, then, you know, they would have spotted it and said, okay, well you have something bonded to your soul. We need to deal with this before you get in here or down there. You know, like he's basically like parallax is basically safe inside Hal in purgatory. Right. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Um, it's one of, it's one of those things you you think about also, just like, and we'll we'll probably talk about this more on this show too, since Parallax obviously was pre pre birth. Uh, the idea of how 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 much influence how was able to have over Parallax, even though we know we have some of it is. Was kind of retconned or giving giving you an out that Parallax was appeasing Hal to to try to give him what he wanted to a certain extent to try to further Parallax's own goals but making Hal happy trying to make Hal happy first but it just seems like there were a lot of I don't know it's it, it that was one of the problems problems with the retcon is actually figuring out how much you know going back and looking at a lot of the way Hal acted as Parallax to see if it really makes a lot of sense that the fear entity would be you know, controlling, controlling how. 
Oh, it was, but I thought I thought when they were, when they did the rebirth, when they did the explanation for why the Spectre took Hal as his host, I thought that was pretty pretty clever. And it could and you could also make a case, you know, Parallax, you know, was kind of like not necessarily supplanting Hal's will, but also but maybe almost act, in a way acting almost like Ion would, kind of like you know reinforcing it, which is part of the reason why Hal was able to control the Spectre the way he did. Because that was one of the more, one of the, as we'll deal with more as we get into this, one of the more impressive things about Hal's run as during the Spectre is the fact of how how strong his willpower actually is, and how much he's able to really influence and change and control the mission compared to what other hosts have been able to do. Yeah. And the last issue, and Jim Cor, it looks like Jim Corrigan stopped being the Spectre in February of '98. That was the last issue of the that series. Okay. Which yes. was which was interesting too, because I forgot to mention it from issue one that I think the the asylum that the Enchantress's body or host is in is I think Ostrander Asylum, which of course oh. is which of John course, Ostrander. Yes, yes, the writer of the Spectre. So that's what that's. I forgot. I noticed that when I was rereading this last night that that there's a there's an homage there to him. Yeah, I I realized that when it happened and then completely forgot about it. Uh, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at the cover now at 62, which is why and I see Ostrander on it, which is why that just jogged my memory. Yeah. yeah so. So they obviously were. So they had, they certainly had plenty of time to plan, you know, whoever the or debate who who was going to be the next host. Of the yeah. Spectre, I don't. I don't know how. I don't know. I didn't look to see the, the appearances the Spectre had, just without a host between that time and and this miniseries. But probably weren't too many, I would assume. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it couldn't have been too many. There wasn't enough time, and the Spectre doesn't normally just pop up. Right. A lot, anyway. Okay. Yeah, I think that was that was pretty good, you know. Start. And it, <laughs> and it to the to, to the to the podcast and the uh, <laughs> and this and the issues we're talking about or the or the event. It does get better. I would say the one thing I do I absolutely say about the Day of Judgment is that I completely agree it does not start particularly strong, but it does end well. I think it's one of those. I think every issue, I think, gets better. I think. I, <laughs> I don't. I, and I know that that might be not raising the bar much from the before it begins, but I think by the time you get, especially, I think issues four and five are are, are very solid, and not just because they're more Hal centric, but because I think the it just becomes more of an more of an interesting storyline. I think. But. Uh, I'm, you know, like I. I didn't uh, read much beyond this so far, so you know, to my knowledge, like this basically ends in two. <laughs> I I, uh, I did see some of the art for the, the the third issue, and yeah, some of it was really bad. But what took a I'm I'm very curious as to what the hell happens to uh, Kyle and Superman and the rest of those that just tipped over the boat. <laughs> that's how they leave off this issue. They just tip the boat over into the river Styx. Like that can't be good. No, it's it's not. It's not long term bad. But of course, as a comic, nothing's long long. Almost nothing's long term bad unless you're like Uncle Ben. <laughs> yeah. But can't even say Bucky anymore. Can't even say well, right now. You can't say Gwen Stacy, but we know that's not 
current continuity, but who knows after uh, their, <laughs> that Secret Wars thing. <laughs> that makes me nervous. I, ha- I have a bad feeling Marvel continuity could be screwed up as DCs after that. <laughs> Even though they have been, they've they've been planning it longer, clearly. So I, I give them more of a benefit of the doubt that they have more of an, a a real plan for what the hell they're doing. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see, we'll see on that one. I don't know. I I never really thought Marvel continuity was that bad. No, I don't think I don't think it will. I yeah, I don't really see that personally. I don't really see the need for a, a, a reboot or an a. Uh, like a universal realignment or a combination or anything with Marvel. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, like a lot of their characters are not that, like, time-specific. You know, like, you have Captain America, which, like, the best thing that, you know, about that is that, like, okay, well, you know, instead of being frozen for 40 years, now he's frozen for 50 years, you know, or 60 years or 70 years or whatever. You know, you could just, you know, he could always have been in the World War II, and the amount of time that he was frozen just changes. And that doesn't matter. You know, like, there were some people that were alive, but I mean, like, again, those stories are not integral. The, the majority of, like, you know, like, I guess the biggest things are that, like, when Iron Man started out, he would probably have access to slightly better technology right. than when he had back in the cave. <clears throat> We're going off on a way, way big tangent, and I do not need to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can we can save the. It was interesting, but we can save the tangent maybe for the next episode when Jim's not so tired. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'll forget forget about it by then. I could always prompt you, or there'll be something else to prompt us. We're pretty good with tangents, so I'm sure there'll be. I'm sure there'll be something that'll, and there'll be Jeff Johns stuff to talk about. So there's always there's always uh, openings there. <laughs> so would you? Uh, I'm gonna give you the option. Would you like to do the closing, or do you want me to just do it? Oh well, just before we do the closing, I will say that the final page of issue two, that is a very nice looking page. It's pretty, and it's very dramatic. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, the colors and everything like that. I, I I like that a lot. I do really like that. Parallax in Purgatory. Yep, which makes sense, considering everything he did and every, you know, good and bad. That he would. That it's kind of the question is whether <laughs> whether the good washes out the bad. So that's why he's waiting to be <laughs> judged judged ultimately. Which, and if you didn't know, if you didn't know who you know what the plan was for this mini series, and you were reading it from scratch at the time, that would be a pretty big reveal. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, um, if you want to contact us, you can do so at lanterncast.gmail.com. We have the website, lanterncast.com, where you can go for the episodes, you can go for links to the Facebook page, uh, links to the Twitter. Uh, Ring Cyclopedia. Ring Cyclopedia <laughs> episodes, oh yeah, yeah, that thing that I started and- <laughs> Hooked you into doing and then stopped doing completely. <laughs> You'll be back. Eventually, be back. yes. Yeah, uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on most podcast feed things. And uh, if you want to help us out, you can leave us a review and let us know what you think. And also give us a call on the voicemail line, 708-Lantern. That's 708-Lantern. <laughs> 
and also let us know what you think. That, that's Very nicely it. done, Jim. <laughs> uh, I was listening to, uh, I've been listening to episodes, you know, all the time, but I was listening to a couple of the episodes today, so it's fresh in my mind. I try to change. Um, I try to change it up a tad, just a tad. And uh, yeah, so this is uh, this is a spinoff. Uh, this is Mark's spinoff, and I'm helping him out. Yes, you are, and I appreciate it. If uh, if he wants to get somebody else to help him out with uh, with these episodes, then uh, I'm cool with that. You know, just saying, Mark, just throwing it out there. <laughs> <laughs> but at, uh, at some point, yes, we'll probably have other. We will probably have other co-hosts, but. But you and I have been kind of talking about stuff to do for a while, so it kind of made it kind of made perfect sense when we were when we were throwing around ideas for a spinoff for me. I mean, you kind of you kind of help basically come up with the brainstorm or help flesh out the brainstorm anyway that you that we had been talking about. So it certainly made sense to uh, to be you'd be the perfect person to revisit Hal as the Spectre with. So I'm glad yes. to have you. Yeah, since since then I've I've kind of gotten a little wiser. So now if I suggest anything, <laughs> I suggest like two other people, <laughs> like like perhaps like a Disney podcast. <laughs> he and I, Andres and I will talk about that. Yeah, I would I I'd love to hear it, and I have no interest in doing it myself, and I I don't think that I could do a good job with that, but but you guys I think uh, I think you guys would have it. But regardless of that, if you want to listen to me, because I'm not on the Lantern Cast proper anymore, past the reins, uh, <laughs> I co-host the Sliders Cast over at SlidersCast.com with Dan Kurtzke, also a uh, an alum of the Lantern Cast, <laughs> and we we review Sliders the TV show. Uh, each episode is a review of one of the episodes of the TV show. And uh, it's a lot of fun if you, you know, were a fan of Sliders then. I think you'd, you know, you'd enjoy the podcast. I can also be heard on the other Lanterncast spinoff, Lanterncast Presents Elseworlds, that I co-host with Chad, who you may know from the Lanterncast <laughs> proper. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so that makes uh, two Lanterncast spinoffs that I've been a part of. That may, what's that, like 50% of all the later cast spinoffs <laughs> and, and shows? And you're not counting Elseworlds present Elseworlds. <laughs> Presents Elseworlds. <laughs> but yes, you are doing very nicely with the with the spinoffs. Uh, you, must, you, must, you, must, you must own a good piece of all the, of all the merchandising that we're, that we're not doing. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I retired from the Lantern Cast, and yet I still record the Lantern Cast on a pretty regular basis. Oh, you know you were part- at least partially driven out because of the material you had to review. <laughs> that's true, that's true. <laughs> Your uh, love for the character didn't didn't die, you just, it's, you just weren't a fan of the direction. Yeah, but if we keep reviewing stories like this, Mark, I don't know. <laughs> it gets better. <laughs> it does uh, get better. Okay. All right, so... Thanks for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. And, and Jim and I will be back before you know it to deal with episode two, which will wrap up Day of Judgment, and then we'll take it from there. So, hope you enjoyed the first episode, and good night, everybody. So long. Uh-huh.
Steve.